Hey everyone, did you think it was gonna be different? Well, so did I. What I've learned is that I'm not your typical daughter, mom, ex-wife, business owner, or maybe I am, but I just don't know it because no one talks about it. We are all too busy with a bunch of different balls in the air to take time to process, well, just about anything. But that is all gonna change with this tribe. Ladies, I'm one of you. I've been there and done that. And we don't need to go through it alone. Will we be practical? Yep. Will we be goofy? Absolutely. Will we swear? You bet your sweet ass. By the way, little secret, this is not going to be the podcast you want to listen to in the van with your kids. So ladies, slip on your heels because we all feel more powerful in heels. Grab your wine because it's five o'clock somewhere. And let's dive into Not Your 1950s Housewife with me, Gina Seminary. Hello, Not Your 1950s Housewife listeners. I am so excited to launch this brand new podcast with the CEO and founder of Breathe Yoga and Juice Bar, Cindy Weiss. Cindy opened Breathe in Pittsburgh, New York in 2002 when she put all the things that she loved together under one roof, yoga, an organic juice bar, and boutique. Breathe currently offers over 250 yoga classes and meditation in Rochester alone. So, Cindy, welcome. Thank you, Gina. I'm excited to be here. Me too. So I first have to start by saying this conversation could probably go on for hours between what I've learned through my experience with Breathe, but also through the knowledge and expertise that I've learned that you have over the past few weeks. But I figured we'd start at the foundation of it all, which is yoga. Um, So I thought... You know, I've learned a lot about you over the past three to four weeks, but one thing I don't really know is why and when you first started practicing yoga personally. Well, um, I actually started yoga when I was 12 years old, and I was an overweight kid, and my mom knew that I was not happy. I was also not active, Um, you know, playing sports, uh, gym class, none of those things were fun times for me. So my mom bought me a book and an album by a yoga teacher named Richard Hittleman. And I would go into my bedroom and lock my door so my brothers couldn't make fun of me. And I would just put that record on the record player and uh, practice making these shapes in my body that were yoga. And that's how I started. And honestly, I, my mom was such a wise, wise woman and wonderful mom to know that, you know, like what I really needed was not necessarily just to lose weight, you know, because that was the obvious thing. But what I really needed was to not hate my body. And yoga really provided that connection to my body of like, wow, this is, I can do this. This is fun. Um, I wasn't competing with anyone. I did, I wasn't being picked last on a team. I was just sort of doing my own thing and starting to make peace with my body. So that's how it started when I was 12 years old. See, and I think that's awesome because I have, my son turns eight actually tomorrow and my daughter is 10. And I think when they're sitting around or not being active, I do, I send them outside. My daughter played lacrosse. My son did baseball. Um, So there is that. And I don't know if they necessarily dislike it. They do it. 
Um, but my daughter just started getting into yoga. She actually has a uh, punch card at Breathe and goes. Um, but I like what your mom did. I mean, she kind of incorporated the not only the the body, but also the mind aspect of it, even at 12. So that's not too young to get kids started. No, I mean, it, it was done in such a simple way. You know, it really, and things are so different now with specific classes and places to go. But I mean, I literally just did this in my bedroom on my pink shag carpeted rug. And that was that. It was just very simple, but very, very pure way to start to connect to my body. Oh, I love it. Okay. So yoga has been a part of my life on and off for about five years now. Um, but it became more prevalent about two years ago when I was going through a divorce. And one of these goals I had was to attend at least one yoga class per week. Um, so I signed up for the living yoga membership at breathe. And before I knew it, I was doing two classes a week. And obviously it was something that I tapped into giving to what I was going through, but help us understand kind of not, not only what happens physically, but also mentally and emotionally when someone actually does a yoga practice, because it really is a mind body practice. And I know all I know at a very basic level is I feel great when I leave. But aside from that, I really don't know what's happening in my body as I'm going through the practice. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, definitely. And, you know, the interesting thing is, is that yoga is an ancient practice. It's been around for thousands and thousands of years. It originated in India. And the thing about it is, is that in India, the yogis were not doing downward facing dog in Lululemon on a yoga mat. That was not yoga. What yoga really started as really was meditation. And so there are several different aspects to yoga, but the meditation is what came first. And the asana, the physical practice that you're talking about, that came many, many years later. And it was literally an outgrowth of how stiff um, the body gets when you sit in meditation for long periods of time. So the yoga poses were developed as a way to make the body more comfortable and more balanced so they could sit longer in meditation. So that's kind of how it started. But Yoga made its way to the United States um, like in the late 60s, early 70s uh, in, a big, in a bigger way. And what really has grown in the United States is that physical practice. And I think it's because we as a culture, we kind of lead with the physical first. Mm -hmm. um, if we like the way it looks, um, then we'll figure out later if we like the way it feels. So we're kind of big into how things look. And so the physical practice of yoga really took off and has become a phenomenon, obviously. But the thing is, is that the other pieces are so interconnected that you can't quite get just one piece of it. So you're in your physical practice, you're on your mat, and the instructor is asking you to feel your feet as you press your feet into the mat and like feel the connection of that pressure of your foot into the floor and how the action of that pressure into the floor responds in your legs. And as you draw that up into your hips and into your core. So you, as you're going through these physical poses, you are mentally connecting with your body. You're like, oh, I feel that. Yeah. Okay. If I, if I move in a little deeper, it'll feel like this. If I back off, it'll feel like that. So you're really starting to make this connection, you know, body, mind, mind, body. And it happens, uh, it, it just happens. It's part of 
it's the sweetness of yoga. It's part of what it's all about for sure. And so it kind of sneaks up on people. And the other thing that sneaks up on people is that literally every experience you've ever had in your life is stored in your body. And so, I don't know, have you ever been like in a deep hip pose and all of a sudden you feel choked up, like maybe had a tear or two? Has that ever mm -hmm. happened to you? It's happened a few times. Right. So you think like, wait a minute, what am I crying about? Like what happened here? Um, there's places in the body where we store, you know, emotion and the hips happen to be like a major area for that. So <laughs> when you go through the physical practice of yoga and it's very much um, kind of like building upon itself as the body's getting warmer and the larger muscle groups are starting to release, then these tight storage houses, like the area of the hips, May, towards the end of a practice, they're kind of really ready to sort of release tension. Tension is how we hold things tight. And when that happens, oftentimes like emotion that you've been holding on for decades is released. And you won't be able to pinpoint like, oh, yay, um, here's a tear for that thing that happened back in when I was in my teenage years. It's not like that. But it's just the body like releasing some of what's been stored and has been held as tension. And it's that's why yoga feels so good. It just feels good on levels that are very, very different than going to the gym and running or lifting weights. It's a completely different kind of feeling at the end, as you know. Yeah, and it's hard to explain because I would get out of yoga class and you know someone would say, how was it? And I'd be like, absolutely amazing. But it's not it's not like an adrenaline rush. Like my endorphins aren't going through the roof. I just, I, it's hard to explain to people how you feel when you're done with a yoga practice. Yeah. Uh, and part of, I mean, a big piece of that is that it truly is. Um, and I don't think it's my opinion. I can't even think of like another option for this, but it is like the most inclusive physical experience you can have, like in terms like in the fitness realm, right? Because there's, it's every muscle, every joint, every bodily system is, um, is, you know, like awakened in the practice of yoga. It's not like a bicep curl or jogging three mm -hmm. miles. It's not specific to any body part, but instead it's very balanced throughout the body. And even internally, like every time you do a twist, you know, you are literally giving like a nice squeeze to your digestive tract. All the focus that we do on breathing is really generating like health and vitality in your respiratory system. So it's, there's so much beneath the beneath that, um, we, that I would say most yogis don't even necessarily care to understand. All they know is that at the end, just like you said, you feel amazing. Right. Well, it's funny that you mentioned the breath because I've since realized between doing yoga and meditating that I am very good at inhaling and I am not so great at exhaling. I think mm. I half exhale. <laughs> so like I'm breathing in all this air and I'm only half exhaling in my yoga practice or whatnot. So I've been focusing more on that as I'm doing my yoga practice. But when they say, you know, stop and focus on your breath, I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, I need to do that because I am an avid runner. I've run marathons before. I um, played division one sports. So I am naturally an athlete, but never have I stopped to think about how I'm breathing until I got to yoga, which is vitally important because I don't outbreath enough. <laughs> right. And you know what? Why would you have thought about it? Right. It's something that doesn't come up every day. And there's probably nothing more important than being able to take a breath. 
Right. And so I love, I'm, I'm very, very fascinated with breathing because deep breathing is like, it is the express lane to your nervous system and your nervous system is what operates everything else. If you can impact your nervous system by the, the science of it is you're basically stimulating the vagus nerve, the largest nerve in the system, and that's stimulated through deep breathing. So when you do that, um, not only is there, you know, like this capacity that builds in your lungs, but also there's a very um, profound physical, mental effect of relaxation. So yeah, like breathing is, it's just, it's fascinating. So simple. Right? So simple and so amazing, right? Because honestly, it's the one thing you can't do without. Right. And the thing <laughs> right? you probably don't think enough about too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's true for, for most people, but I, I believe that the more people that are becoming interested in yoga, and it is definitely a very growing number of people, breath is becoming more and more in the conversation where I would say a couple of decades ago, who would even mention it in a sentence? Right. Well, speaking of that, so literally today, this morning, I finished my Reclaim Your Diet series and workshop, which was phenomenal. So I'm excited to uh, close out that series and see what's next. But I know that you do little workshops, I think typically two or three times a year. And specifically this one I loved because it kind of piggybacked right on the start of the new year. Um, but I loved the concept behind this specific one with regards to reclaim your diet. So talk to the listeners about kind of your theory and really purpose behind this specific workshop series. Okay. Well, I, um, I became a registered dietitian in 1991 and I was in private practice for quite some time. And um, what I learned from seeing people is that basically, even though individually they might come to me with what seemed like a very specific concern or need, they all sort of boiled down to the same things. And in many ways, we were, we're kind of micromanaging our diet. We're very, very, very interested. It's probably one of the most researched, written about topics um, in, in all of the realms that we're interested in. But we're also very easy, easily um, influenced to jump on board, like to be, oh, I'm a vegan. Oh, I'm a vegetarian. Oh, now I eat a paleo diet. Oh, now I, now I don't eat gluten. I mean, we just like jump all over the place based on reading someone's book or listening to what a friend is doing. And in reality, what we have at our disposal is the most brilliant um, feedback system possible, and that's our body. Mm -hmm. So in, in all of what I did as a dietitian, I would find that there were just some key areas where we could make some market improvements that would have, have a, a large like impact. So part of Reclaim Your Diet is presenting these kind of really big yet simple things that seem to apply to everyone. And then the other piece of Reclaim Your Diet is very much how you take a program that serves many people and you make it super individualized. Mm -hmm. So I had you kind of figure out like, why are you here? What is it that you really want to feel? And, and then we offer workshops that would be on many, many different areas of nutrition. So 
it could be gluten-free eating, it could be anti-inflammatory diets, it could be um, juice cleanses, it could be how do I get the sugar out of my diet. So that's where people sort of went off in their own ways and chose these individual workshops that would help them narrow down and get closer to what it is they really wanted from the program. And so it's done with, and then the other key piece to reclaim your diet is in addition, each week, every participant had to take two yoga classes. And that's just part of the program. And um, I mentioned it early on in the program that uh, it's not to burn calories. That's not why they're doing the yoga. They're doing the yoga to create that mind-body connection that we were speaking about um, about 10 minutes ago of being able to feel like, okay, so if I, if I do intermittent fasting and how does my body feel when it's moving? If I do eat more frequent, small, frequent meals, what's the impact like on my body then? What do I feel like now? And so you use your own body, your own unique body as your Petri dish in this kind of experiment of how does the way that I'm eating make me feel? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and I think some of the information that I learned throughout this series, I think I had a baseline knowledge of, um, but there were some things that completely I'd never heard of and couldn't even pronounce like adaptogens. And I still yeah. not convinced I can spell it, but I understand it. And one of the things I liked about it that the way it was positioned as well is it's not per se a diet. What we're trying to do is educate you on the foods that your body needs and the foods that your body appreciates. And when you add more of that in, inevitably, you're going to run out of room for all the other stuff that you might be eating that as much as you enjoy isn't going to be as beneficial for you as these other options. I would say you are a Reclaim Your Diet graduate, Gina. Good oh, for you. That is, you. The whole, that is the whole entire message of the 28 days that we just kind of spent together doing this program. And it's exciting. I mean, over 220 some people did the program this time and um, they, they've all had their own unique results, but um, the feedback's been phenomenal. Just really great, really great transformations and revelations. Right. And I think this is kind of cool too, because, you know, depending on where the listeners are, you know, they might not be in Rochester and or Syracuse, but really conceptually, the idea behind it, like we talked about it, it really is something that anyone really can do. Um, and one of the takeaways that I had that sticks with me, even last night as I was not eating healthy was, is this a food that grandma would recognize? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so there was that underlying theme throughout the entire you know, four weeks of this workshop was, you know, try and incorporate more foods that our grandparents would recognize and less than the ones that are convenient that we might choose all the time. So as I was, you know, secretly maybe participating in a little bit of a garbage plate, the big <laughs> joke was that I'm sure there was something in there that grandma would recognize. <laughs> of course. Yeah. And the thing about it is though, you actually were aware of what you were choosing to eat. And likely, if you ch chose something that grandma wouldn't recognize um, for one meal, you pr probably made an effort not to do that at the next meal so that you start to balance things out. The biggest piece is just really have an awareness of, of what you're eating. That's the first big shift. And then the second big shift, um, you know, that really applies to pretty much everybody is to have an awareness of the processed foods in your diet. Because 
not only would grandma not recognize them, but your body doesn't recognize them. Your body does not recognize um, chemicals and preservatives and additives and colors. It just doesn't. It'll deal with them to the best of its ability, but at some point, too much is too much. And that's when the body starts to go a little haywire and we get symptoms that we can't quite explain. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so part two of our conversation yesterday with my friend who also went through the Reclaim Your Diet as we were maybe possibly partaking in a very small amount of a garbage plate was the fact that if our body didn't recognize it, our probiotics would fix it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so I mean, but we've, I mean, but, but I mean, I'll be thinking of these little things. So you've done a great job in, in crafting the program in such a way that I might not remember everything I learned. But I now, I now take a probiotic. I've learned about adaptogens. I'm focusing, like you said, I'm being mindful of what I put in my body and what grandma and my body would you know, recognize. So, I mean, the takeaways are vitally important that really anyone can do anywhere. That's so true. And the thing that I'm really happy, it makes me very happy to hear what you're saying because, you know, the, the goal was not to just... Um, give you information that you could regurgitate. The whole point was to have you experience some things so that you live them in your own body and then they'll stick forever. You'll to Once you know something, you can't unknow it. And right. so when you experience something for yourself, it's way more powerful than reading a book about what someone else experienced. Yeah, it's been awesome. So now I'm curious, what's the thing you're most excited about for 2019? Oh, I, I can't pick one thing. There's many things that I'm very excited about, but I will tell you what's next on the list in terms of what you should be excited about. Um, <laughs> yeah, and that is um, we do another program, and it's called the 40-Day Challenge, or sometimes we call it 40 Days to Personal Revolution. It's based on a book by my yoga teacher, Baron Baptiste. We've been doing this program um, twice a year since 2002. And we generally, we get hundreds of people who do the program and it's come, we generally do it in April and then again in the fall. But this year we're moving it up. So it's starting on February 25th. Okay. And what's so great for you and all the other people who did Reclaim Your Diet is as that program ends this week, you'll have a couple weeks where the training wheels are off, you know, and mm -hmm. you're just going on your own, but you want to maintain the yoga classes that you've been doing and the changes that you've been making. And then you'll just go right into the 40 day challenge. And that'll take you through um, these dark and cold months of winter and leave you off in, in April when the sun's starting to come out. And Unlike many people who just sort of hibernate and, you know, just sort of get through the winter, you're going to come out on the other side of it feeling so great. So that's what I would suggest is that you sort of just, you know, get into that program. And rather than the focus being on nutrition, the focus here is on, is on the yoga practice. So it's on more of the physicality, but also there's a meditation piece offered as well. So 40 days, you get a little... Um, paper passport and every week you try to get four stamps um, one for each yoga class that you take each week um, it can be any type of the yoga classes that we offer at breathe a foundations a restorative a power vinyasa class um, and then you also get a stamp for one workshop and these workshops are based around some of the poses that people really want to learn but never have the chance to try headstand, handstand, full back bend, things like that. 
And for those people who say, oh, no, 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 that's not in the cards for me. I have a back injury or a neck injury. No problem. Instead of that workshop, then you would opt for a meditation class. Okay. So there's something for everyone. It spans over about six weeks and it creates the same kind of community that, that fun, like knowing that you're in it with other people, the same way Reclaim Your Diet did. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's really kind of the next right step for you. Oh, I'm excited. I, when someone asked if I was going to do it, I, I didn't realize the concept behind it like I do with Reclaim Your Diet. So I, was, I said, do I have to do yoga for 40 days straight? No. And they started laughing. I was like, Cause I don't know if I can fit that in with you know, being divorced and two kids and having another business, I think that's going to be really difficult. So I'm glad that you explained exactly what it is, what the requirements are and how long it lasts. Cause I think that's an important part to it. Right. And just like with reclaim your diet, you know, they, we, we try to incent people by giving them like a little reward at the end, if they get all the stamps on the passport. But if you, if you one week or in general, if you're not able to make four yoga classes and you set your own personal goal is I'm going to make three, um, then that's great. You won't get the little reward at the end, but who cares? That's not why you're doing it anyway. The reason you're doing it is to keep moving yourself toward a, a just a more optimal state of being. So yeah. it really doesn't matter about the little prize at the end. Well, except for me, although I've been focusing on this, my reward's going to be a, a new yoga mat. So I'm super excited about that. <laughs> I love it. Perfect. Yes. Fantastic. Well, Cindy, I appreciate you taking time out of your day to chat with not only me, but also our listeners. Um, Personally, I always knew that yoga was important and beneficial for me and my overall well-being, but now I definitely have a greater appreciation to a little bit more of what's going on, not only physically, but mentally, thanks to our chat today. Uh, Feel free to follow Cindy on Instagram at at breathe, live, life, inspired, or online at breatheyoga.com. So thanks again, Cindy. Gina, thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Oh, I'm so glad you say that. We'll talk soon. Okay, sounds good. Hey, Tribe. Thanks for tuning in today. I hoped you loved these few minutes you got to separate from your tactical life to do something for yourself. Of course, we're on iTunes, but Instagram is our place of choice. Follow us there, listen to past episodes, or DM me at Gina Seminary. Make sure you kick some ass today. Love you.